Welcome to the 217th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on January 27th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's cracking open a cold one, Carlos Rodella. That's me. I just cracked open a White Claw, and I'm ready to podcast. Is White Claw the seltzer that has uh, alcohol in it, or what is White Claw? Yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. Um, it's pretty <laughs> But it was Excellent. like it was pretty cheap, and I wanted just kind of a quick little, you know, mini buzz. Uh, I don't even know if that's going to happen, but it's flavorful. It's like having a soda. It's a black cherry soda. Oh, so there's actually flavor. It's not just like straight up seltzer, then. No, 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 no. That would be oh, okay. even grosser. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Here we are, folks. We each have a drink. We are here podcasting. It's January twenty seventh. Uh, it's Wednesday. Uh, we're getting on a new schedule, so hopefully you'll see a more regular output for the So Video Games podcast. I think we do a pretty darn good job as it is, Carlos. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, we get out podcasts, but uh, and we get out a lot of them, and I think we do it, you know, regularly. But we thought, let's get even more regular. Even uh, more regular, like a big bowl of bran flakes and a person who's over 40. We're going to get super regular. <laughs> it's like fiber, but for podcasts. Super podcast fiber. We're going to try to get a show out every Friday because we're going to be recording Wednesday. Fingers crossed that's going to happen. We want to get our stuff to you, dear listeners, even more regularly than we do now. So we're going to give it a shot. Let us know your feedback. Would you like it on a different day? Does it work for you? You think it's great? Let us know what you think. Otherwise, we're going to keep plowing ahead and just do a show. You ready, Carlos? Yep. All right, cool. As we do, we're going to start with uh, keeping the house with Carlos. I don't have anything myself, I don't think. Carlos, you got anything you want to bring up? Uh, well, I'm just going to mention one. I think I'm still getting the Xbox Series X because it said February 15th, and then all the other like actual parts of the bundle are in progress. But the one thing is they gave me my GameStop gift card, and they're like, you got that. So if I have that, that means the rest of them are ordered, right? It must be coming, right? Absolutely. So when are you supposed to be getting yours? It says February 15th on the, on the doohickey. And you got the X and not the S, correct? Yeah, I wanted the best, right? Isn't that the best? It's supposed to be the best. I'm glad you brought this up because I had totally forgotten. I actually just got an X as well. I totally had slipped <laughs> my mind. One of my friends, uh, good friend Jeremiah Bratton, uh, sent me a text, a feverish text uh, a couple days ago. And he's like, go to, go to Walmart right now. Go, 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 Walmart right now. Go, go, go. And I, like, I jump on Walmart's site and they had a bunch of PS5s and xbox s's that were sold out but on that same page there was still an x and it was one of the ones where you couldn't just buy it you had to do the payment plan oh okay. so and so he's like yeah yeah the bots couldn't get through the payment plan because you got to register and put in all this info there's still some left over so i'm like oh shit okay cool so i jumped in and they did actually have a couple left over so i was able to for realsies get an xbox x it's not here yet i, I believe it's being shipped soon uh, but it's coming, and I had to do the payment plan. It was the only way I could get it. So that's fine. Like, zero interest, which is okay. Uh, it comes with, like, two years of Xbox Live or something like that. Or Game Pass or whatever the deal is. And I don't know if it comes with anything else. But whatever. Um, looking forward to getting that in the house soon. Um, because, as we talked about last week, I do have a PS5. Uh, and it's giving me problems, bro. I'm having problems. 
I know. But, but let me back up for a minute because Sam, I almost did a spit take when you said you got a Series X. I like literally almost spit out my white claw. Why is that? Uh, I mean, well, I know it's not good, but no, no, no. I just didn't know that I, that was like a surprise to me. I, I did. You didn't tell me until just now. Literally just now because I had completely forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, so that's the positive news. So, you know, we're both getting Series X's and we'll be able to review that for the podcast. The negative news is your many tweets about how your PS5 is bunk. Oh, dude, I am so unhappy. I am so, I was so fucking mad this morning, man. For people who don't follow me on Twitter, uh, and if you missed last episode, I did manage to get a PS5. It arrived finally. Thank you to Gamefly for making that happen. Not like they gave it to me. I mean, I had to pay for it and everything, but that was just where I got it because they had some, amazingly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, got the PS5 in, hooked it up, and I think the very first day, I was having disc reading problems. Uh, I put in Hitman 3, brand spanking new copy of Hitman 3, pristine disc, and they don't come any cleaner than that. And it just would not read, would not read, would not read, would not read. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this? And I was putting it in the right way, and I was hooked up, and it was vertical, and everything should have been fine. Like, every, nothing wrong with it, right? Like, it's all fine. Um, and it just wouldn't fucking read the disc and I got super fucking mad and I tried some other discs and the other discs did work, uh, but they were not games that I wanted to play. And I came back to Hitman and finally it started reading just randomly, right? Like there, nothing was different. It just all of a sudden started working. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to start the download and whatever, and I'll just get to it. Right. I had some other review stuff to get to. So start the download. I haven't touched it until this morning and I'm like, oh, I got to play that uh resident evil demo which we're going to be talking about in a minute and i'm like Mm -hmm. well i'm gonna i gotta download some stuff i'm gonna get this this ps5 rolling and the fucking thing wouldn't connect up through the ethernet cable and i'm like what is going on i've got in my in my setup so in my house we have a house that was built in the 40s so it's not like it was not designed with the internet in mind right so we've had to have some workarounds and what i ended up doing was i had to put uh, the modem in the basement because of how the house is laid out. And then I drilled a hole through the floor so that I could run a cable from the basement up straight to my game station. That way I wouldn't have cables running all through the house, right? So I got the cable and it's up there and I have only one. So like if I'm playing Xbox, I, you know, unplug the Ethernet, put it in the Xbox. And when I'm done with that, I want to go back to PS4. I unplug the cable, put it in the PS4. Because, oh, you know, there's only so much you can do in a house that's built in the 40s, right? Like, yeah. I'm not going to pay $10,000 to get the rewiring done and shit, so it's fine for now. Like, it's totally fine. I'm not... Who can play two games at once anyway, right? It's not a big deal. So I take the PS4... Uh, I turn off the PS4. It's working fine. Internet's fine. Just had got done winning around a Fortnite with the family. That was awesome. So I know everything's fine. Plug it into the PS4... Or PS5. Doesn't work. And I'm like, what the fuck? I go to the settings. Doesn't work. Nothing's working. Can't connect bunch of bullshit and so i'm like okay what the hell i switch it over to wi-fi it works fine and i'm like okay so it's not my router it's not this cable because mm. all these things work fine hey I, I plug it back in doesn't work jump online tons of people having the exact same problem it will not recognize a LAN cable so what the workaround was you turn off the ps5 physically remove the cable turn on the ps5 then put the cable back in after it's already on silly then it'll recognize but the kicker is after you turn the ps5 off and turn it back on it goes back to not recognizing it again yes it does okay so what's weird about that is and i've never told you this because maybe i don't know i didn't want to admit it because my ps5 has been great so far um but every once in a while every once in a while which i don't like that it's random the little message will pop up on PS5 that says LAN cable 
connected. Even after it's already connected? Yeah, because the whole time I've been using it. And the so internet's it's dropping there. out and then coming back in. It yeah. is, I guess, but it's not telling me. Like, I'm not... It's not noticeable enough, you know what I mean, for it to be yeah. like, oh, I'm like can't play my game or do something online. But it'll just show up once in a while going like, hey, LAN cable connected. And I'm like, that must be something with what you're dealing with. Well, it's weird, man, because once I started tweeting about this, I started getting tons of messages from people who follow me on Twitter and who listen to the show. And they're like, oh, my PS5 is fucking buggy as fuck, too. I talked to multiple people who were on their third and fourth console that after being replaced by Sony, uh, you know, in the repairs department. And people having all sorts of problems, dude. Like, I just, you know, it's always true that you're kind of the beta tester for the hardware once if you're an early adopter. Yeah. But it feels like even more so this time because they've had all this time to work on it. I don't know if they rushed after feeling pressured by Microsoft or what, but like, man, I've never had so many problems with a console right out of the gate, dude. It's like, I don't even want to touch it anymore because it's just kind of pissing me off right now. You know, I think it's just new technology, too. And, like, again, like you said, we're early adopters. I just was bitching to you before the podcast about my phone, where it's an amazing phone. It's like the S21 Ultra whatever, blah, blah, brand new Samsung. And the camera's sick, and there's so many great features. But then I, like, went to check my text messages, and it was like, no, you don't have any because it's not working. (laughs) Your phone part doesn't work. And, you know, maybe it's not the same thing, but it is, like, new technology just has weird things glitches yeah well you know i mean i don't know it's it's kind of frustrating because i'm not really a technologically inclined person to begin with and so you know this is kind of reminds me of my son he's really into art and he was like wanting to find some animation programs on his ipad and his grandma got him an ipad for christmas but it wasn't a brand new one it was like you know a cheaper refurbished one or whatever and like it's already out of date dude like he can't find any of the programs that he wants to use because they're no longer compatible and he's only had it for like a year like it hasn't Mm. even really been that long and it just makes me think, like, with all the problems and how tough it is to get technology in general to work and what, you know, what black magic it is that this stuff works anyway. We take little bits of rocks and melt them down and squish them together and it all thinks and it does these magical things with graphics. I mean, it's amazing it even works in the be- in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe we should just slow down a little bit and not keep advancing if we can't turn out stuff that fucking works. Yeah, I know. It's a double-edged sword, too, because, like, I like... I love the forward progress, but then also we have to like, yeah, play catch up sometimes. So anywho, I'm sad about your PS5, but hopefully things are okay. And the LAN issue is just an issue that's like a software fix, you know? Um, I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be because nothing is wrong with the rest of it, right? So it's got to be a software fuck up and uh, whatever. I mean, I went, you know, I don't know. It's just like I, I... I don't know what to say, and I'm just going to just, like, leave my PS5 for a while. Hopefully, they're working on it, patching it. I'm clearly not alone with this problem, and there's lots of other problems. So, I'm I'm content with my Switch and my PS4. I'm going to have the Xbox X coming in soon. Hopefully, that's going to work fine. I'm, I'm just going to ride it out, dude, because if I, if I focus on the PS5, I'm just going to get ragey, and I don't really need to be ragey right now. Wait, so, so you're actually going to just let it hang? You're just going to, like, gonna let it, it chill? I'm just going to fucking leave it. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna let it chill. wow. So, we can't talk about, like... PS5 games together on the podcast for a little bit. I, I ain't playing. We can talk about one, which we're about to talk about. But other than that, I'm just going to leave it for a while because like, okay. it's just pissing me off too much. Well, let's talk about the one that we can talk about. All right. Any other housekeeping or shall we move on? No, let's move on. Let's move on to the Resident Evil 8. Although people are calling it just Village or, you know, but the, the V-I-L-L makes an 8. So everybody knows what's going down. The new, whatever you want to call it, Resident Evil just dropped a... It's not even really a demo. They said it was kind of a visual showcase, whatever yeah. that means. Um, I played through it this morning. You played through it as well. Carlos, why don't you take us through the Maiden demo? 
I don't know if I'm the best person to take us through it. First, I, there's two things. One, I have like a history of not enjoying the Resident Evil series, even though I know a lot of our fans and also a friend of the show, Steve Haskey, probably listening, uh, loves it, and a lot of people love it. But uh, I have a lot of vitriol <laughs> and a lot of frustration with this demo. I'm not sure if I'm the best person to lead uh, us. Okay, so let's pause. Tell us about your history, because I did, I did not know that. I mean, I'm about 50-50 in Resident Evil. Sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it. So I'm not like a super fan, but what is what is your background? Well, I'll give you the background, and then I will give you like the, the listeners just in a general idea of what it is. And I didn't finish it, in quotes. I don't know what the ending part is. Oh, but, the demo, you mean? Yeah, yeah. But okay. I got, you know, I did a lot, and um, I saw what I needed to see. Essentially, by the way, the demo is kind of like a PT. So it's a visual trailer in a, in a way, um, extended trailer, right? Like you're, there's no combat, but you're just kind of like walking around. Exactly, it? exactly. Um, but yeah, my, my history is I like some of the old games because of the time that came out. You know, I hated the tank controls even when they came out, but I did like the jump scares and I liked the mixing of genres, horror and action. I thought it was really cool. And the weird weirdness about like taking a head's, a horse's head and putting it in a lock and you know, all that weird stuff is kind of fun. And it was just really cool in the beginning. And then I got bored with it. I didn't want to have another Eagle's face that I had to find and put together with another thing to get out of the door. The puzzles are a bit much. That is for sure. Yeah. And again, some people love them, but I just, I got bored with that. And then I also got frustrated with the, um, it's such a, it's such a weird world they build, which again, lots of people love, but like in resident evil seven, um, it's like, Oh, I got maimed. I got my hand cut off. Spoiler, this is the beginning of the game. And they torture you. Oh, I hate torture. And then, oh, you died. But no, you really didn't die. Oh, wait, you killed the people that you're fighting. Oh, no, they're back. <laughs> so, like, nothing's <laughs> permanent. It's all like a roller coaster. And it feels like you're going on a haunted house ride. Um, and then you can't ever leave it. And you don't get better. You know, and I hate games that I don't get better in because, you know, everybody listening every time I talk on the podcast, I love leveling up and, you know, progressing right, a right. character. So this game is just always like and similar to other horror games where you go, oh, I have no choice but to just go through this thing and I'll never really get better at it. And I'll just hope that I survive. And that's 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 why I get frustrated with it. And then seven was like I told Steve uh, that I'd go back to seven and, and try it again with fresh eyes. And I still was frustrated. I was still, okay. yeah. So that's where I come from. So that's, I mean, that's fair. It sounds like maybe you're not the perfect candidate for like horror or survival horror. Cause that, cause that, that flat arc you're describing of not really like leveling up and like, you know, becoming super powered. I mean, I think developers work really hard to keep you on the edge of dying all the time. Cause that's what makes the, the tension in a game like that. I'm not a huge fan of that either. So I kind of feel you on that. It's, I'm not, not a big fan of horror games in general. And, you know, I'm, I'm a famous scaredy cat, so I don't dip into these things very often. I got to be real motivated to play a horror game. And I usually have my wife sit next to me. Right. Uh, but let me I clarify. These. Let yeah. me clarify that real quick, because I definitely can get into a good horror game um, and, and that level playing feel like I'll deal with. The thing with Resident Evil is it does a lot of like, um, well, again, needless torturing and I don't, I don't know why they have to do that kind of stuff but I'm sure the recent ones are for sure gross. recent yeah. ones yeah they, they try to the new one a or village will probably stab you a bunch of times and you'll be like oh no but I'm not really dead and what I'm saying is that part I don't like I don't like the it's not even that there's no consequences it's like there's no consequences for anything like it's all of, of a dream and I don't know I feel like 
even in some other horror games, I feel like I've, there's more of a progress or a progression. And I don't know. I mean, I'm talking in circles. I just don't. Yeah, I'm not the person for it. But what what did you think? And let's talk about the demo instead. All right. Well, cool. Let's talk about the demo. Um, so with both neither one of us being like Resident Evil super fans, I mean, I think that's fair. We got our cards out on the table here. Uh, so this is the only thing I've played on my PS5 so far. Oh, uh, I I wasn't even going to play it except for I knew you were going to talk about it on the show and I wanted to, to join you in this discussion. So uh, I did not play Resident Evil 7 because I was a little bit too scared of it. I may give it a try later, but it depends if my wife is available because she needs to sit next to me and keep me company. <laughs> and she did this morning. I'm like, honey, I got to play this demo. Please come sit with me. She's like, yep, be right there. And she came to sit with me and kept me company. That was really great. Love my wife. She's the best. Uh, so it's first person, just like Seven, and you start in a dungeon. You don't really know who you are. You find some documents which kind of vaguely explain who you are and what's going down. It's just pretty loose. You you know go through this really gross dungeon. You got to find your way out of the cell and you know make your way through a couple of rooms. You get upstairs to where there's this really really fancy mansion uh, which is above the dungeon, and you're trying to get out. And in true Resident Evil fashion. You got to find some doodads before you can make your way out. There's a couple of locked doors, and very near the end of the demo, uh, you you meet people that you really don't want to be hanging out with. Uh, did you make it that far, Carlos? No, but I've seen like videos of it. And it, is it the buxom lady I was telling you that you might enjoy? First, I mean, yes, but before that, uh, <laughs> you do meet like a van, like a, it's like a vampire woman, but she's also surrounded by bugs or something, and she bites you. And you can't attack, you have no weapons, you have no action other than to, like, look at items. So you're, like, you start to run. And by that point in the demo, I already knew where I was supposed to go. There was only, like, one place left to go. So I start running there. And that vampire lady kept biting me. And I was like, dude, you better back off and get the fuck off me. Because I do not like getting bit by this. You get through the very end. And that's when the, uh, the really tall lady with the enormous chest shows up and slices you to death with her razor fingernails. See? And then, yeah. That's the end of the demo. Altogether, it's not it's not a huge demo, and you don't do a lot. But I mean, I guess it gives you a flavor of what you're going to be doing. And the graphics, I mean, were pretty sharp, dude. I mean, I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. Like all the textures are pretty good, and the lighting was pretty good. I mean, it, it technically it looks very nice. Um, yeah. I don't know that I'll be playing it right off the bat. Maybe never, but it does look pretty nice. I have, I have some more vitriol. I don't know why I'm full of it tonight, and there's I think in every one of my games. So I apologize. I'm bringing the Brad. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. You say positive things. So the other thing that is weird is that, and you'll learn this, um, I don't know what's going on. I think I talked about it last episode, but PS5 specifically is doing a lot of gold shiny things. Did we talk about that last episode? Are you talking about like in games, like like a graphical trick? Yeah, because I feel like they can with lighting and stuff. And so oh, like, yeah. this whole game is similar to Godfall, which I called Goldfall. Uh, because as soon as you get out of the dungeon, it's all gold. It's just like shiny gold. Like all the details of the mansion, right? All, yeah. all the little, like the fancy gold filigree and the, the fixtures and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering if they like, you know, planned that long time ago or if they were, because they got a PS5 dev kit, they were like, holy shit, look, we can do gold really well. I don't know. It's just weird that a lot of the games I play on PS5 do gold and shiny gold at, at that. Um, so that kind of turned me off because I was like, yeah, I've seen gold before on my PS5. Secondly, when you do the drawers that can open, I guess here's the other problem I have with the Resident Evil games. I feel like they, they're a step backwards in time. I think right now I want more interactability, right? Uh, yes, I want yes. more physics. I want, this is my PS5. I want to forward progress into the world of games and 
explain exploring this you know living breathing world and in you know resident evil old school there's so many old school things but including i was just like okay fine i'll just like look around this house there's only one drawer that can open in all of the cupboards it's the same drawer dumb and it has nothing in it (laughs) i was like then why did you make me open it I thought that was really weird. I did find that drawer, and I'm like, shouldn't there be something in it? Because it's the one drawer out of all these cabinets that opens. You would think that's where they would keep the key or the doodad or the gem or whatever. And there's, like, literally nothing in it. But there's actually, like, three other places you you didn't see, three other dressers or whatever, that have a drawer that opens. Yeah, you can open the cabinet, like, the the swing-out doors, but not the drawer. And it was so weird. No, there's other drawers. There's other drawers. I could I could only open one drawer. I couldn't. Open well, I found else. two more, and my point is they were the same on the same side, the exact same drawer, the same model. Yeah, gotcha. But like, why? Like, you know, it just feels like twenty twenty one. It for me, the frustrations are, are are more than the the value of the horror. You know. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because as I was playing through it, I was a little bit surprised that I wasn't able to interact with more things. Um, I mean that's positive and negative because I don't want to be searching every corner of everything and I don't want to pick up a thousand pieces of junk but like you know like I figured oh at least I'll be able to open all the cabinets on this you know on this dresser drawer thing and you couldn't do that and you know some of the other parts of it I just was like very you know again to be fair Capcom did say it was a visual display and they were saying it wasn't actually a full demo so I get it but like I was like oh you know it's just it's just like a graphics show off basically which is fine but I, yeah. I, I don't know that it really tells you exactly what to expect. I think probably if you've played Resident Evil 7, probably expect more of that and not what was shown in the in the, the Maiden demo here. Right, but to that point, I played Resident Evil 7, and again, th- that developer doesn't want to do what I'm talking about. Like, they'd right. rather like have the everything... the true physics, the true environment. Yeah, they want it stuff. nailed down, and they want you to find the exact piece that goes in the exact thing. That's something I can't do. For me right now, I feel like that's like an arcade game. <laughs> like... That's where I'm coming from, really. Yeah. I think that no, I, I think I've, I've I landed that. on what I don't like as much. Yeah, it may just be a personal thing because I I totally get what you're saying, and I even agree to a certain extent. But at the same time, I do think it would be a nightmare. Like if you're looking for a key, if you had to look through like every single drawer and every you know, like if you actually implemented real physics and were and the developers hid something in a really fully modeled environment, that would be like. 92 hours to find a key that was taped to the underside of a table or something right, right. Nightmare, and i'm so. not saying that i'm just saying like watch this this is how you fix it, it which i think resident evil already does and a lot of games do is that highlight option you know yeah. when you get close yeah. to something just highlight the fucking key that's under the desk but then also put in physics like put in a not everything but just put in a few things that made me feel like i'm actually in this place make a more real environment yeah and then on top of that like when you use an object it doesn't show any hands i mean it's such a small thing but it's like what am I playing? Am I playing an yeah. iPhone game? Like, like why? Why is it? You know, it feels like those the room or something. You yeah. know, where you just go like, oh no, the object's gonna move by itself now because, like, that that happens in the very beginning in the dungeon. You pick up these pliers or whatever, and I went to use the pliers and it just they levitated and just were used. And I was like, yeah, for sure. For so, sure. anyways, I'm sorry you're gonna get so much hate. All the people that like it. Um, you can like it. Everybody likes their own thing. But for me, I just... I mean, if nothing else, the internet got a new object of lust to just, like, drool over. I mean, that really tall vampire lady with the enormous boobs. I Mm -hmm. mean, everybody's going nuts over it. We're going to see a million memes. Who knows how much of her we're going to see in the game. She probably turns into a gross monster, as everybody has said. Uh, So, you know, we'll see what happens. And again, I think it graphically looked great. I don't know how much of that is going to carry over to the real game, and we will just... We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yep. All right, cool. That is the Resident Evil demo, currently PS5 exclusive, I believe. It's called the Maiden demo. 
let's see. I'm going to talk about really quickly a game that I'm playing on the Switch called Nuts. N-U-T-S. This is an indie game. Uh, there was a trailer that came out a couple weeks ago, which was what got me interested in it. It's um, a, an art art house kind of indie where you play a nature researcher out in the forest and you need to follow squirrels in the environment and like place cameras around the environment so that you can see where squirrels go and what they do. And that is kind of an interesting idea in itself. But the thing that got me interested was that the trailer was cut pretty spooky and towards the end of the trailer, it shows the squirrels doing things that squirrels don't normally do. And I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe this is like a, a horror game or, yeah. you know, maybe there's a twist to it that you got to find out the secret life of squirrels. And I'm like, okay, that seems pretty cool. That's kind of a Brad game. So I'm up for that. Uh, so I'm playing it on Switch, uh, did not finish it. And I got to say, it's really boring. It's really, really boring. Um, first of all, the graphics are pretty... You're either going to love them or you're not going to love them. And I think that maybe I don't love them. Um, what the developers do is it's first person and everything in the environment is basically one color. So like you're looking at uh, your home base is like an RV parked out in the forest. It's like everything is blue. You go in the forest. Everything is blue. Everything is like just like blue. Literally everything is blue. And every once in a while, like important stuff is like orange. And you're like, OK, so like it's very strange abstract looking which you know is not terrible it's like a taste thing but for me it didn't quite work it makes the environments look a little bit dull to me um but that's not really my problem my, my real problem with this game nuts is that it's just it's really dull to like go out into the forest place a camera go back to your rv hit record record the squirrels and then you got to see what they do and hopefully your camera's pointed the right way if it's not pointed the right way you're like fuck I only saw the squirrel for one second. I got to go back the next day, move the camera again. You mm. try to move it to where you think it is. And then you come back to the RV, you record the footage, you watch the footage again, and hopefully you've got it captured. And it, it's never the first time, right? Like it's always a process of like, okay, camera one got the first part of the squirrel's journey. Okay. Now I got to put camera two where I think the squirrel's got to go next. It, like you just, you know, go out there and put the camera back. And it's just this long, like trial and repeat and trial and repeat and trial and repeat and trial and repeat. And eventually you figure out where the squirrel's going or where he's coming from, and then you get it, and then you move on to, like, the next level where it's like you do it all again. And it's interesting, but it's also really repetitive, and it's really boring, and it's really irritating because you think you know where the squirrel's going and the camera's not the right way, and you mess it up, you got to come back and try it again. And you're just walking back and forth in the forest, adjusting the camera, and going back to your RV, and going back to the camera, and back to the RV. And it's just, like, that's all there is to it, right? And, like, it's just... I wish there was a way to, like, make it less boring because I think the idea of squirrels with a secret life is really interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, I was looking forward to unraveling this dark mystery in the squirrel town, but it's just moving the camera is really all you do. And it's just really irritating. And I just, I got really, really bored of it. I got about halfway through and I just, I just didn't want to do it anymore. So, so there's, no, I there's like, no squirrels out in the daytime. Or is it just, why can you only see them through the cameras? I guess they just avoid you, you know, like you got to put the, you know, it's like, you know, when people take nature footage, they set the camera up and then they go a mile away so that the, the bobcat is not scared off by the scent of humans or whatever. Like you can't be around when the squirrels are there. And maybe that would even be fine, right? Like maybe that would be a fix where if you could watch the squirrels in real time and move the camera in real time and speed the whole yeah. process up, like that would be okay. But I just like, oh my God, like running back to the fucking RV and then it's the camera's in the wrong place again. I got to go back to the camera. Yeah, still seems, not in the right place. Like, oh, man. It's like breaking logic, you know, because when you told me that, when you told me the whole setup, I was like, I liked it. And I remember seeing it actually in the store. And yeah, the, the colors are all like monochrome. So it's like yeah, all one yeah. same color. So that kind of threw me off. But yeah, the idea of a secret squirrel life, I'm in. Sign me up. 
but it doesn't it breaks logic when you say like you can only see them through the cameras later because squirrels walk around in the daytime <laughs> like I mean, they do that they, they they do do that yeah i mean maybe it's part of the squirrels behavior maybe they're mutant squirrels who knows i didn't get to the end of the story and it's like it's a short game too like if you knew where the squirrels were going to be you could speed run this game in like nine minutes or something like it would be a really short experience the whole game is like figuring out where they're going and to make sure you capture them on film i mean it's a cool idea i love the idea dude i love this idea i love the idea and i just i just could not put up with the back and forth with the cameras and it just there wasn't enough to do and it just took too long and it was really irritating so i i noped out about halfway through and i did not come back to it so all right i won't get it yeah, that is nuts. Great idea. Maybe it's for people who are more patient than me. I love the premise, but I'm out. Uh, Carlos, you are going to be talking about a game that I just bought, regret buying, um, but we're going to talk about it now. Balance a lot, or all, as I said, balance a lot. Either way, I don't know which way is correct. Yeah, I'm playing it on Switch. Where did you play it? Oh, I played it on the PS4 because I was just like hungry for news games. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So why don't you fill us in on balance a lot i guess that is actually a good way to say it balance a lot balance a lot yeah they work both of them either way i don't know what the true pronunciation is it's just one of those games like struggling where i was like okay it's a hard to control game we just talked about one on last episode but i want to give one a shot and i want to get good at one you know because i keep feeling like i fail at these games and i'm like is it me like am i really that bad with coordination well again i have more vitriol to give is that how you say it? Vitriol yeah, to, to deliver? Vitriol, yeah, sure. Um, because it's just so frustrating because this is a funny little like pastel 2D cartoon drawing style. Uh, you move left to right and you are balancing on a unicycle and you're a little, uh, I don't know, prince or something. You're or like a jousting kind of guy. Jousting guy, yeah. You're holding a jousting thingy. And you can be a guy or a girl and later you can supposedly unlock characters. And then you just go from left to right, and you've got to like go over obstacles and fight monsters, and it's pretty straightforward. Um, and again, the presentation's really cool looking, and I thought that later on there might be some funny story bits. Um, it feels like that Monty Python, Holy Grail style art, you know, really cartoony. It's got like the medieval illuminated page kind of art. Like if you yeah. had a really old book in a monastery, it would look like that. Yeah, so that was really cool. You know, I'm like, okay, I, I will get good at one of these, and I'll go back and I'll report to Brad that I can also play games like Struggling. Um, I can't, I can't, I fucking can't, I fucking can't and fuck these games and fuck these games. Uh, no, seriously, here's the deal. You have to balance with the analog stick left and right, or you'll fall down. And as soon as you fall down, you die because of reasons, you know, that's, that's what happens when you fall on the ground, you die. Um, they have to do that. That's their, their whole hook, but then you can also jump and you can also attack cause there's monsters. But of course, all this is very difficult because you're just trying to stay upright. Well, all I have to say is I kind of got the hang of it for a little bit. You, oh, by the way, you go left and right by pushing L1 and R1 on the PS4. But basically, it's the same as Switch, right? The L triggers. Yeah, you L, use the L shoulder buttons to actually move forward, but you're using the stick to balance. It's really weird. But you can use the other shoulder button to move backwards. Yes, you can. Forward yeah. and backwards, yes. yes. And then you can jump. Um, and the jumping seemed pretty responsive and whatever. So at some point, I like kind of got in the zone. And I was like, oh, I think I got it. You kind of rock the analog back and forth, you know, to kind of... And then you don't always uh, hold down go. 
you know you don't always hold down to the right um the trigger button and so i was like okay and then every once in a while of course these games you just like eat shit and you're like oh wait i don't think i got it at all uh, and then of course the checkpoints are pretty far apart so even though i like made it through all these obstacles and and killed a monster because i fell on my face afterwards i had to start all over again pretty frustrating but i'm just saying because you played it and i'll let you uh chime in here in a second all they had to do is make it just a slight bit easier to balance because here's the thing you're losing here's the thing you're losing me as a player like because i'm out like fucking out okay but if i wasn't out and it was just slightly bit easier i would probably get to like board five or six you know level level whatever dungeon level that all the stuff i saw in the trailer and get a great gif out of it or a video from my youtube channel put it up on my YouTube channel, gets thousands of views. People are like, oh, that's so funny how he did the physics of he fell and he hit his head and he hit the monster and it blew up the crate or something. There's some really funny moments here, but I won't get there, motherfuckers, because it's too hard, in my opinion. So I just feel like games like this, I get what you're doing. You're the Octodad route. You want me to struggle. Got it. Struggling. But just make it a smidge easier, and then we can actually enjoy some of the weird physics shit that you've like loaded up in your game, right? That's my opinion. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent, dude, a hundred percent. This is put out by Rattalika Games, which I've brought up on this fucking show so many times. I have like this hate hate relationship with Rattalika Games because they put out every game they put out. I'm interested in, dude. Like something about their visual style. They do a lot of pixel games. They do a lot of 2D. It's right in my wheelhouse. I really like it. And a lot of their games look really fucking interesting. And yet, they are all way too fucking hard. Every single oh. time. Every single time I've bought a rata like a game. And this is the publisher, not developer. Publisher. Every game I've bought from them has looked awesome. I buy it, and then I get pissed off in the first half hour, and I quit it because they're too fucking hard. And I never learned my goddamn lesson. I saw the publisher when I saw this game, and I'm like, oh. It's Rattalaika. I'm going to fuck myself out of $5. I better not buy it. But it looks so fun, Brad. Yeah. That video looks so fun. <laughs> I love these physics things. We just talked about struggling on the wait, show. Wait, wait, hold on. Another one. Is this your inside Brad voice? My is inside he, Brad voice. He sounds kind of like uh, quaint. I don't know. He's kind of a good accent, almost like I a... mean, he's just like, don't do it, Brad. It's Rattalaika. And I'm like, nah, this, this is the one. This will be okay. This is the one. This, no, it's not. This is not the one. Fuck, fuck. God damn it. I was so mad, dude. And it's just like you said, like you're this little Lance guy on a unicycle. The art style is really nice. It's a 2D physics game, which I like those already. I was I was halfway to liking this game before I even played it, right? But you are exactly right when you say it is too fucking hard. If they would just ease back on the difficulty, make it a little bit like one notch less. Yep easy to fall down if you just let the guy stay up a little bit longer i totally would have powered through this entire game right it's just so fucking hard and i'm good at these games dude i'm really good at these yeah games. you played struggling i beat struggling dude and like i gotta be like in the top one percent of people who play that game because that game is hard and i was like balance a lot is way too fucking hard it's just it's punishing hard it is it is broken hard and maybe the developers are good at it i'm sure they probably are no one else in the world is good at this game. This is way too fucking hard. And if they had just eased back a little bit, I would love this game. This would be a really fun game for me, and I, I hate this game. Yeah, that's so true. And by the way, I forgot, I, or I didn't even notice that it was the publisher that you talk about like that. Now I will. Oh Next God. time I'll look. Every fucking time, Rattle Like a Games. They get me, dude, every time. 
Wow, it's so frustrating. Well, anyways, I think it, you know developers and people listening, go spread the word though of Brad and I because I really think that I would have liked it. We both would have liked this game. Yeah. Uh, all that he needed to do is like stay up by himself. Watch, he's just gonna stay up by himself normally. Like you don't have to push anything, and then you go left and right, and that's when he starts unbalancing, right? Yeah. But not as much as he does. And then when you stop, have him bounce again. Just like one of those little weeble wobble things. Well, that weeble kind of wobble. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and, and and if you don't want it, like, give me an easy mode, right? Give me the easy mode where he just self balances, just like you said. And for people who are super hardcore, give them the normal mode because that is fucking hard as hell. But oh wait, like, I thought there was a hardcore. I think there's a hardcore mode too, which I was like, I think there you is gotta a be mode. kidding yeah. me. I mean, the easy mode's got to be way easier, and I just. It's disappointing because it's really cute. This is exactly the kind of game that I like on the Switch. I, you know, I really could see myself getting into this. Uh, I mean, I, dude, I finished Trials, okay? I finished the hardest shit on Trials. I finished Struggling. Finished Doctor Dead. Like, all these weird physics games. Like, I get into these, but this one is too much. So, okay, I'm with well, you. I'm I with feel you. better about myself, too, now, because of what you just said. <laughs> oh, this was, the, this was the wrong game, man. This was a, this was a bad trip. Anyway, okay. moving on. That was Balance a Lot or Balance a Lot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm going to talk really quickly about God's Will Fall. This is a brand new top-down, third-person, real-time action roguelike. Um, it is a very interesting one. It is really, really close to being an excellent game. It is not an excellent game, but it is very close to being an excellent game. Uh, the premise is that you have a group of eight Viking warriors who wash up on this island, and on this island are ten different dungeons, each one... Uh, has a different boss at the end of it and you're there to kill all of the gods um, so that's a pretty good premise for me I mean I'm already kind of in just hearing about that it's kind of a top-down kind of a Diablo-like perspective and when you get to a dungeon something that's really cool is like each one of your Vikings has you know could be a man could be a woman I think they're randomly generated they each have a different weapon like one will have a spear one will have an axe one has a hammer etc etc some are you know heavy and fat and they have more life. Some are light and skinny and they're faster. You know, all the usual usual gamut of characters, right? But when you get to a particular dungeon, like one of your guys will say, oh shit, this is the spider god that I had bad dreams about. I'm really scared about this one. And he'll be like, if you choose this character, starting life minus three. But if you beat the level, then you get like this giant bonus at the end, right? Like he conquers his fears and then gets like way stronger. If you don't pick that guy, if you pick somebody who just is like, neutral about this dungeon you'll get a bonus at the end but it won't be as good as if you beat it with the person who's like conquering their inner fear that part fucking awesome love that idea that's mm. a great fucking idea very cool and the, the part that's even cooler is that some of these characters that you'll get will have randomly generated um relationships so like i took uh, one character who had a bad dream about the spider boss went inside the dungeon fucked up and like lost and so what happens is you can your characters will either die which is which is less common or they'll get captured which is more common and what happens is I come back to the beginning of the level. One of the other characters is like, oh, that was my girlfriend that just got captured. Now I am super motivated to go rescue her. Plus five life and plus five attack to me because I am now going to get my honey back. Right. So like so like those little interactions. Super awesome. I dig it. Like it's really fucking cool. I think mm. that's great stuff. Um, once you actually play is where it's not bad, right? But I just feel like it's too basic and too simple. Like, there's not enough to it. You go inside the dungeon and, you know, there's just... Number one, the dungeons are way too long. I feel like they're really, really too long for what you're doing. Um, you go inside and it's a top-down Diablo. You're attacking guys. And it's kind of like a little... They, they want you to parry a lot. 
and I feel like the pairing is not as tight and not as clear and or as forgiving as it should be. And also, I feel like some of the weapons are just better than the other ones. I feel like the spear is absolutely the best weapon in the game because it's got really long reach, so you're safe to attack guys. And if somebody gets close, it's got this other attack where you can interrupt people, and it goes really fast. It's like the best weapon, period. So if you've got somebody with a hammer, that's the worst weapon. You've got somebody with a sword, that's like in the middle. Got somebody in the axe, that's not so good. So it's like, it's kind of sucks that I don't feel like all the weapons are equal in different ways, right? I mean, maybe the developers would argue, maybe somebody else thinks I'm wrong. But when I played, the spear was head and above, head and shoulders above everything else. And if you didn't have a guy with a spear, that was already making the gameplay tougher. Mm. Um, apart from that, I felt like the collision was not the greatest kind of hard to read some of the moves and it just felt a little bit sloppy in terms of, of, of control which is not great because it's a roguelike right like you take a lot of damage you do have a method of getting your life back but you have to hit a bunch of guys in a row before you can get some life back and if you're just on a bad streak like if you just keep getting hits you miss your attacks like you're just getting chipped down and chipped down uh it's really easy to lose guys and then like you've only got seven guys and then you've only got six guys and sometimes guys die and you can't get them back and it's just it i feel like it's it's tuned a little bit the dungeons are too long and the combat is a little bit too sloppy for how punishing it feels. And I enjoy it when I'm winning, but I do not enjoy it when I'm losing because once you lose a couple guys, um, you go back to the beginning of the dungeon. You got to do the whole dungeon again. And like I said, they're too long. And what I thought was going to happen was, let's say, for example, you get to the end of a boss. Boss has like two complete life bars. If you chip that boss down so he's only got one life bar left and die, I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe my next guy will come in. That boss will still have one life bar. Nope. He gets reset no, completely shit. full. And I'm like, well, that was a missed opportunity, right? Because if I was coming in with my very next guy and the boss was already weak, that means I'd have a much better chance of beating him the second time or even the third time because that damage would stay there. But the boss goes back to full health, which is a total bummer. Um, you know, items that you use up, uh, they're not really strong to begin with, but then they, they don't come back if you lose those, uh, those items or use them up. And I just feel like the whole thing is just a little bit too punishing and there's not enough to it. Like, the guys don't have any special abilities. There's not enough um, variation to them. Like, I feel like I want to be equipping more things on my guys. I want to have maybe, like, each guy should have a special ability. I want to have, you know, something something to kind of change it up a little bit more. I feel like this is a really great starting point for this game. Uh, but I feel like it is not as polished or as rich or as deep as it could be. And I feel like it's just there's just not enough there. It's a wonderful place to start. Really like what I've seen, but I feel like I feel like this is an early access game, and it's not like it's a full release. And I feel like there's just not enough meat on these bones. Mm. Yeah, it's unfortunate that so many times on the podcast we talk about this. Um, yeah, it just feels like we're yelling to avoid sometimes, or because like it's just that like n- notching down. I don't know if that's the right word either. Uh, <laughs> That's, Not, a, that's a good word, dude. I like that word. Notching. Notching? That's a good word. I think you mean ratcheting, but I like notching a Ooh, lot. Ooh, let's notch it down then. Uh, we notch it down the the uh, difficulty. Because like you said, that you just explained it to me. I didn't even play the game. And I was like, of course, have the one bar be left of the boss. Because then that says, hey, I did something. You know? I was yeah, it here. Would feel like your guy didn't die in vain, right? Like something happened. You you made progress somehow. Especially with like the stuff you said where like the characters have like little stories and stuff. Like, the, yeah, like it adds to that. It says, like, hey, I went and did this, you know, and I ah, just, I don't know what's this punishing thing. It may, uh, maybe it'll, like, be a phase that will end at some point, but, you know, more difficult doesn't mean whatever the, a lot of developers think it means. That's yeah. all I got to say. Yeah. I mean, I bet you, dude, I bet you that in six months, 
this game will be great. I bet the developers will get some feedback. They'll tune it a little bit more. Maybe they'll add a couple more systems to it. It just, it just, it's like, it's like a hot dog, right? Like this game is a hot dog with nothing on it. And that's, that's pretty good if you're hungry, right? But like, there's a lot of other better stuff to have. And even if you want to have the hot dog, you put your onions on it. You put a little chili, you put some cheese, you put some ketchup and mustard, whatever, whatever you like. And it's like, pardon me. There's just no toppings on this hot dog, right? It's good, but it could be way better if you put some cheese and pepperoni and chili and hot sauce. And Whoa, stuff right? so, pepperoni! Let's slow your roll. Come on. I mean, so I, so season that hot dog. Put some toppings on it. Get back to me. I feel like in six months this will be a much better game. We'll check in on it. And also, I really want hot dogs now. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. My grandfather <laughs> used to say this thing, and it was so like adorable when he said it. But I say it now to myself. Uh, he would say, uh, Charlotte, to my grandmother, I got a hankering for a hot dog. I think that's an old-timey say, old saying. Yeah, that they would get hot dogs. He would like, if he wants a hot dog, they got hot dogs. But not, now I have a hankering for a hot dog. A good hot dog is hard to beat, man. It's like one of my favorite foods. When you get a real good hot dog, it's, it's tough to beat that. And I will say this for all our veggie listeners, uh, veggie eating listeners. I grew up uh, vegetarian, side story. And so I love all tons of veggie food as well as meat, but the best hot dogs in the world to me, because I grew up with them, but they're still good because I ordered them on Amazon. They're called Vegilinks. And to some people, they're gross because they come in a can like those, some of those other gross things like sausages, you know, Vienna sausages, Vienna sausages, whatever. Some people think they're gross, but they're like, they come in a can, which is also weird. Yes. But they're made with egg whites and they're like soft and they're not like all the gross parts that a hot dog is, uh, you know, and they're really fucking good. They're called wow, vegetables. I've never heard of those. I'm going to Google those. Oh, um, let me ask you instantly yummy. Let me ask you. So what do you put on your hot dog? Like what's your favorite hot right, dog? So have? that's if what I'm, I, I have a hankering for what I just talked about and I'm going to order them as soon as we're done with the podcast. You son of a bitch on Amazon. I'm going to get the Loma Linda. I think it's called Loma Linda Vegilinks. And then I, I get a, a bun and I toast the bun. You got to toast the bun. Okay. Because it's like not a fucking hot dog without it. Because then it's just doughy. and it, Yeah. So you toast the bun. You put the hot dog in. I put a little ketchup. And I put a dill pickle relish. And is that all I do? Yeah, I think just those two. The dill pickle relish is key, though, for me. Interesting. My favorite hot dog. I like a lot of hot dogs. I like hot dogs in many ways. Uh, I am a big hot dog fan. But my favorite hot dog lately is to get a hot dog. I usually do like a beef dog, but I'll take a turkey dog. I mean, I would even eat, I would try these veggie links. I've never had them, but I'll try Ooh, them. I'm looking yeah. at them on Amazon right now. Um, but you get a bun. You do toast the bun. I can have a soft bun, but toasted bun is fine. Hot dog, usually beef. I will put on uh, a, a little bead of Japanese mayo. It's got to be Japanese mayo. Mm. A little bit of sriracha and a pickle slice. That's my favorite thing. Ooh, yeah. See, the pickle slice is the dill pickle relish. You just yep. might yep. as well get the dill pickle relish at the store and just like slather it on. By the way, now that we're talking about hot dogs and welcome to the hot dog cast, um, I used to get one in New Hampshire and it was a toasted chili dog. And again, they toasted the bun. I think that's where I learned about the toasted uh, buns because before then I just had regular old, you know, sloppy buns. Sure. Which is, sure. yes, that is kind of dirty. Um, <laughs> I, I went there with Brad. You went vision. there. You went there. Yeah. Yes, sloppy appreciate buns. It. Appreciate it. Um, so anyways, they did the toasted bun. And they put the chili on it. If it's really good chili, I definitely will have that on a hot dog too. Chili dog is hard to beat, man. In fact, hot dogs in general are hard to beat. And when you get like those really hot, crisp French fries right out of the fryer mm, and stuff, man. There's son a place, of a bitch. There's a place down in Ballard. 
uh, Golden Gardens Beach. I used to live pretty close to that. You've been you've been to Golden Gardens, I'm sure. I, yes, and I've been to the place you're talking about. I think I've had the fries. Little Coney Island on Golden Gardens Beach. Man, we used to love going down there. It's still there, I think. I haven't been there in a while, but get the hot dog and fries yep, and you're sitting yep. there looking at the ocean on a nice day and you get the soft serve afterwards a little vanilla cone i that think is the, the soft serve yeah oh, that is man. the best that's why that, that is, statue right yeah it is that is yeah, the yeah. shit dude that is good times so all right. well welcome to a total tangent hot dog podcast yes, the hot dog cast we have Can one we more game uh yes we got uh, two, two more, more games, games. And we're out two more games carlos let's swing it back to you you want to check in really quickly on hitman and i think there's one more game you want to mention oh yeah that's right i don't know what i'm doing I'm hungry. I do this podcast before eating, and then we talk about food, and now, of course, I'm like, I want a hot dog. Uh, yeah, first, I'll quickly just talk about Hitman for a second. I beat it. Um, I love that fucking game. Obviously, this podcast likes the game because you guys talked about it a lot in the show before. Um, it's great. It's funny. It's ridiculous. It's not, like, graphic-wise, a PS5 game, right? There's some lighting. Right, right. There's some, you know, extra gold. Lots of gold. There is a little bit, I think, of gold, actually. Um, there's some shininess, but it's it's a PS4 game. And I talked about this in a video on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash a lot of things. And uh, I was just frustrated that the cutscenes were, like, grainy and old school. Yeah, you mentioned that. They looked really cheap. And oh, weird. I mentioned on this show, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was kind of weird. But anyways, I beat it, and I did really like... This is not a spoiler, but it should get you to want to play it even more. Near the end, there's a like you know a chapter in the story that's totally different from the rest of the sandbox type environments, and it really really fits. It just changes the way that you're playing the game, and it's not about like just going into this huge open area and like seeing something. It's like a very immediate kind of thing. That's hmm, the okay. most vague way I can say it. But I was like, this is compelling. Like I was like, wait, if Hitman goes in this direction like they do at the end of the game, I would love it. So, Oh, he, that does not bode well for me, dude, because no, I think we are don't. on opposite ends I of know. the Hitman spectrum. You just stop it. It's one scene, and it fits, or one chapter, and it fits really, really well. So just you stop. Um, we'll see. We'll see. So I loved it a lot. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I thought it would, actually. Like, I'm surprised how much I enjoyed Hitman 3. And I will say this as a final piece. Um, I found out... Because through the, when you go into the store, they like say, hey, do you want all these other things? Because now that you have Hitman 3. And as I was looking at the things that were on offer, one said, coming soon, Hitman Absolution and Blood Money Remaster. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, yes, please. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to load up that Hitman Absolution. And I couldn't pre-order it because it's not even available. I think they're probably sure. working on it. Sure. But how exciting for me that Absolution's getting a remaster. You know, we were talking about Hitman Absolution, which is famously the worst game in the series. You're wrong, uh, but continue. Uh, we were talking about it on Twitter, and I had forgotten that I had written a full review. I was actually the person who Ooh. reviewed it way back in the day, and I went back to GameCritics.com in the archive, searched the archive, and pulled up my review of Hitman Absolution. And that was a <laughs> bloodthirsty, vicious review. If you want to see me destroy a game from top to bottom, that is a perfect example of me 100% taking down a game and not liking it a bit okay so watch this this is what's gonna happen listeners yes, yes everybody yes. everybody gather around are you all around listeners okay we're all listening? around yes they're okay. here i'm gonna go back to that review now and i'm gonna fucking leave a comment on that <laughs> review oh yeah i am and it's gonna be thorough 
and I, I I invite everybody else to like let's look at this old review and let's us all start talking on it. Again. That is hilarious. I would love that. Everybody go back and see my review. I will say, man, I I was surprised at how heartless I was in that review. I don't remember being that vicious, but boy, I really did not like that game. And right. I, I I put those words on that page, brother. I am coming to defend. I'm coming to <laughs> defend, and it's gonna be awesome. Uh, all right, let's move on. Let's move on really quickly. You have one more game to talk about, though. Hitman Three. I'll talk about it when I hit it uh, soon. Ish. Oh wait, how are you gonna play? Are you gonna wait through your Series X? I don't know. I mean, I got the. I still got the disc from GameFly. Maybe I'll just. Uh, I got a couple things I got to wrap up really quickly for review. Maybe I will jump to it, and hopefully, fingers crossed, my PS5 will be working by that point. I don't know. We'll find out. But I'll, I I'll get think to it it's somewhere. working now, and you're just having issues with the LAN cable, but. Well, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Anyway, but you you played something else, Carlos. I played the game that you love so much, which is uh, the Yakuza Like a Dragon. Like a Dragon. That is a great game. What do you think of it so far? Hmm. This is kind of a, a opportunity for me to do something like you did to my What do you think of this amazing, great game, Carlos? What's your yeah. opinion on this wonderful game? Let me write an article, put it on <laughs> GameCritics.com, and then you can leave a comment. Um <laughs> Here, I have some issues with it. I really do. Um, I like Yakuza okay. Again, so full disclosure, I'm not like the biggest fan. It's not like Resident Evil's, like, uh, you know, vitriol or kind of frustration I have with it. I actually had quite a bit of fun with a lot of Yakuza games. Um, But lots of times it does end the same way where there is tons of story and that's what it's for. Like, it's supposed to be that way. You're supposed to get into the soap opera drama right of these characters lives that's what they're trying to do so i'm not saying that's not what they're trying to do but for me just personally i i i kind of get lost i kind of get like my eyes fog over you know um so at some point i kind of nope out as you say of some of the Mm -hmm. yakuza games but this one's different because it is turn-based action which i like uh better than the just kind of going and beating people up uh in an action style and it's also um you know, a different character, and like you said so well in the uh, the time you talked about on the show, that it's really talking about the middle class and the lower like income class and yeah, like, people just trying yeah. to make it. And I like that a lot. And a lot of the, economic struggle for sure. Economic struggle, societal struggle. Like the main character, and even the character that you work for, uh, went through some serious shit. You know, some like hard, hard times. So I like that instead of it just being like, I'm just a Yakuza dude who's awesome, you know, and uh, and now I have to deal with all these other problems. But I like where it came from. So I'm saying that. Uh, and also, by the way, as soon as I started, I just went and played Virtua Fighter because I used to love that game. Um, I was always Wolf, by the way. OK. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, what's the frustration? I guess that like it's, it's definitely tough for like someone who only has certain periods of time to play a game because like so many times I started it I was like need to do something else and I couldn't pause it or I like it was in the middle of a story bit and I was like oh, oh yeah you cannot just is... get like 15 minutes of Yakuza in you got to get like yeah. a two-hour block set aside in your day it is a lot and then other thing that weirdly bothered me I don't know why but it was because it's set in the past right 2001 um and don't I mean there's there's a spoiler where like it jumps to the future I'm not sure but for me, it looks like it was set in the past. It's using, which a lot of, you know, games do, but it has a lot of Japanese customs, right? Sure. Like the way things are done there, the way things are done with Yakuza, the way things are done in general, and then the way things are done in the past, because it's in the past. I just felt myself frustrated with some of the story bits because it was like, 
you know, this guy thinks this this lady's his. This is going to be way too in the weeds, but the guy thinks the the lady's his girlfriend, but it's really just like, you know, a lady of the night. Um, I, I can't even put my finger on why I was frustrated by the story, but some things just felt like so old school. I couldn't relate. Do you know what I mean? Like I couldn't, oh. I couldn't relate to where's the motivation for this character because shouldn't they just leave the situation? Like, I don't know. I just felt so like detached from the world of Japanese custom as well as the world of Yakuza that I just, sometimes for me, I have to like find some sort of hook. And I just kept finding myself like being like, well, why the fuck are they doing that? Hmm. Is that, that might be a really weird kind of take. I mean, I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, I don't agree at all because that game I feel like has a great script and great characters. I guess I, I mean, I, you know, I've played many of the 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 series, right? I've played all the games in the series, and so I'm very familiar with like the style and and what they're going for. But I mean, you know, they do start like in the '80s, and then it jumps forward in time. And I mean, I don't know. I I'm not. I hear what you're saying, and I respect it, but I do not share those feelings. I feel like it's a really good motivation in general, and I feel like the characters are really well written and I'm just I feel like I'm really just into like what they were doing like it was all it was all popping for me like it was working for me okay so let me let me maybe see I can clarify one uh, on a side note the graphics also because I'm playing PS5 it's been tough to play some PS4 games because you just start seeing edges you start seeing like polygons and you go ooh, that could have looked like what normally would look amazing like a little alleyway in Japan you know doesn't as much now and I'm like oof also, by the way, you can run through bikes and just explode them because I, I did that a lot. <laughs> if you didn't know you could do that, you could do that. But like, as soon as I ran through a bike and exploded it, and then I saw a lot of the, you know, the graphics kind of being like low res, that took me out of it. And then the second thing is to clarify on that, like story bits. Yeah, there's some really compelling stuff there. But I guess I'm like, I'm wondering if anybody in real life ever talks like that. You know, like, yes, sir, of course, of course, of course, sir. Like, it feels like an old movie. And I'm like, I'm playing an old movie, but I'm not playing, like, Japan today. Uh, Like, do people literally say, like, I'll do whatever you want, whatever you want me to do. Like, I know that's part of the Yakuza Yakuza thing, but it just, none of it seemed to add up. Like, you know, like, the guy who has, they got to go shake down a guy for money. And he's like, oh, no, I can't do it because I don't want to give you the money because of my, you know... He doesn't tell tell you the reason, and and the real reason is because his mom was sick and he paid right, hospital right. bills. But all of that feels like, again, maybe I'm just missing the point. Like, yeah, soap opera, but like an unbelievable one. Like, well, now that's silly. Like every time I finish a thing, and I'm, I'm sorry to rain on your parade, because I know a lot of people like it. But when I finished a, a cut scene, I was like, well, that's just, that's I can't believe that. I don't know what's wrong with me. I was like, I, I need more realism nowadays. I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, I'm not a Japanese Yakuza person. That is not my life path. But as I was going through the game, I mean, I felt like the motivations were really easy to understand. And I felt like the characters were really well written. I mean, I maybe just because I'm so familiar with the rest of the series or maybe just it's a cultural thing. But I mean, if it's not your jam, it's not your jam. I mean, no, no hard feelings there. But like, I just I, I just totally disagree. Like, I think it's really well written. I think this is a great cast of characters and a great story. So I guess we're just on different sides of the fence. Yeah, on this we're one. different wavelengths on it. And then also I will say on a positive, which will probably actually keep me playing it. Even with all those things I just said, I love the leveling up. And again, the combat because it is turn-based. So like, 
I don't know if it later on, I think it is easier to grind because there's like a castle you can go to and like grind in the castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I'll like it more as it gets further on because I like the idea of like, you know, the idea of creating a party, which they, they really like lead into. Oh, and, they, to- they totally do. Yeah. Yeah. And doing a lot of that Dragon Quest stuff. And I love that attachment to it, like you said. So there's some things that I really do like in it. Uh, so I won't say I just like dislike it. And I bought the game and I think I'm going to keep playing it. But for me, yeah, some of the story stuff for some reason took me out of it. Hmm, interesting. Right. Yeah. Different uh, strokes for different folks, I guess. Different strokes. Uh, there we go. One more final game to talk about, and then we're out of here. I got to talk about really quickly Disjunction, which is not Ooh. out yet, and it's actually still under embargo, but it will be open for discussion by the time this podcast will hits it? the road. When it is will. it? When is it released? Because I'm actually. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, so now I'm really excited to see what you say, and I'm afraid it's the bad news. No, it's great. I love it. I think okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> so I've, been, I've been waiting for this, and I'm excited that it's coming out soon. So let okay. me let me pop that tension balloon right off the bat. I think Disjunction is great. I like it a lot. This okay. is a cyberpunk game in the future. It is a 2D pixel art game, indie game. It's played, again, from kind of a top-down perspective, sort of. Uh, you start out the game with a private detective who is augmented in certain ways and there's like a, um, something going on in the city like troubles happen in the city someone hires you to find out what's going down i'm not going to really talk about the story I'm, I'm pretty early in the story and it's not really that important anyway i mean it is important but not for the purposes of this podcast um so you start off as a detective and you go into like an area and i think that what they've what they've shown so far is really great uh you take your character and he has all sorts of different abilities he can uh, throw a smoke bomb he's got like a stun baton he can shoot a like a taser dart he can heal himself so these are all like his little augments right and you go through the level and it's kind of like an old school metal gear not like you know, like metal gear solidish right where you can see the vision cones of enemies mm. you're dodging around where they're looking trying to get them from behind there's also guns if you want to just shoot people but there are ramifications like and the person who sends you on this mission is very clearly like don't kill anybody because we don't want anybody to get hurt we just want this information uh, but you can kill people you can kill everybody if you want to or you can just sneak through and be a ghost and like you know go unseen and avoid people knock people out uh peacefully so you just go through and the action from moment to moment is really really good i feel like the controls are really tight i feel like it's really responsive um, you can look around. It's really clear to see where you can hide and where you can't hide. It's easy to see where the enemies are. So I feel like that's good. Um, you play a little bit and then you switch to another character. There are ultimately, I believe, three different characters and each one has different uh, different abilities. The second one is kind of like this uh, big guy who's like a fighter. He's got like a robot arm. He's got a robot jaw. He's got different powers. Like he cannot heal himself, but he's got a little bit more shielding. He's got like a rush that he can like go, uh, jump into a fight really quickly and like knock people out. So they play differently. Like the second guy is definitely more aggressive for me anyway than the first guy was. And I haven't gotten to the third person yet. But the moment to moment stealth gameplay, really good. I like creeping around the levels. I think it feels real good. Um, there's not too much stuff to manage. I feel like there's just enough to make it interesting where you have energy meter, you got a life meter. And between levels, if you find the upgrades that are hidden in each level, you get to upgrade your stuff. And so you have to pick a path, right? Every upgrade you have has two choices, whether it's like uses less energy or the effects last longer, or you run a little bit faster or you have a little bit more health and you got to pick. So you can kind of customize your guys you go, which I think is just deep enough, but not too deep. There's not a whole lot to manage, but there's a pleasant amount to manage. And it's just really good so far. I feel like it's simple, but not too simple, complicated, but not too complicated. I feel like the graphics are great. The gameplay 
keeps me on my toes. I think it's very exciting to play. Uh, the checkpoints could be a little bit closer together. They're not crazy, but a little bit closer together would be good. But other than that, um, that's really my only complaint so far. I think the graphics are great and the theme is great. Uh, I'm into it. I'm, I'm digging this game. I'm playing it on the Xbox One and it's totally fine. But I got to say, if I could go back in time, I would get it for the Switch instead because I feel like it's a perfect Switch game. But that's just because I like this kind of 2D game on the Switch. It's per perfectly fine on the, the PS4. It's on the Xbox One. It's on PC. It's on Switch. I would, I would go for Switch again, but I'm playing on Xbox One and I think it's just great there. I like this game a lot. I think it's really, really good. I'm wondering how much of, and you'll have to, we'll, we'll probably both uh, play it um, then, but I'm wondering how much of the story comes into play and like when you said like you could kill everybody or not do anything and I'm wondering if that's like that Fallout style where you can change what's going on or like Wasteland, you know, like change the story yeah. a bit or is it is it just kind of on rails? Well, I can't say for sure so far. I mean, if you kill people in that first level, it definitely changes the dialogue that you have with a person and when you are the second guy, he is way more violent than the first guy, and you will often get the choice um, to kill people in a cutscene. Uh, there's also dialogue choices, too. Usually you get three or four different things to say, and I don't know how that shakes out. I don't know if it's just going to take it to the same place or if it really alters the way you go. But, like, I've already seen one character who was a pretty important character, and you had the choice to kill him or not. Uh, and I don't know how that's going to shake down. But, I mean, I think there is probably a couple different paths you could go down depending on your play style and how you know how aggro you are how bloodthirsty you are so that mm. remains to be seen um you know the third character is going to come in i don't know how they're going to interact with each other and what that's going to bring to the story but uh i'm digging this game so far i really like it a lot i was in the mood for a cyberpunk game i haven't gotten to cyberpunk yet but this one is filling the bill quite nicely cool i think i will check it out on my ps4 then check it out on that ps4 i you know yeah definitely if it's a where if that's where it's comfortable for you Go for it. And I, I kind of wish I was playing this in bed because that's my jam. But I like it where, already where it is. It's good stuff. Dude, every night I go and bring up that Switch. I mean, every night. And I, again, I guess I just got vitriol this whole episode. But I'm just so frustrated. I Here's <laughs> here's my last tangent of upsetness, okay? Yeah. And I made all sorts of new words this episode. Um, I want, I feel like the 3DS or even like... The, what was the one before 3DS? Um, the DS. The DS, right, yeah. Just like old school handheld Nintendo games systems had more like regular ass RPGs. I want a regular ass RPG that's done well, not just RPG like, maker. Like a JRPG? You know, either, like or turn-based. It doesn't matter. Like I, I, I go on every night and look for a couple basic things. One... Some sort of first-person game I don't think I'm going to find, which I because I think it would be fun to play a cool exploration first-person game on my Switch in bed. I haven't found one that I really like. Uh, or an old-school RPG that I can just chill out with, you know? And I can't find one fucking one. If anybody listening knows one that already came out, I'd love to hear it. But I just don't understand. I feel like the old systems had more of them. That's interesting. I, I, those are not games that I like. I don't really like first-person shooters, and I don't like JRPGs. So I don't have a bunch of recommendations right off the cuff. But I bet there's stuff in there. I'm going to do some digging, and I, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you some suggestions, and we'll see how that goes. Please, because I went to the RPG section even, and I was like, come on, you know, I don't know. All right. So, well, any listeners out there too, give Carlos your suggestions. If you're a Switch player, you know, a good first-person game, you know, a good JRPG or, or a regular RPG, WRPG, whatever. Give Carlos your suggestions. We'll give you some props on the show, and we'll see what he thinks. Yeah. Cool. All right. That is going to do it for this show, unless you got anything else, Carlos. 
No, I'm done. He is done. I am also done. I am ready to eat. Carlos is going to track down a hot dog. We're off. We're going to get out of here. But thank you folks again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. We will be back before you know it. And like we said, we are going to try to get on a very regimented weekly schedule. Um, We are going to be recording on Wednesdays, releasing on Friday. Uh, Fingers crossed that goes well. Give us your feedback. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to keep rolling as we are. And this is Bye from Brad. Buy from Carlson. Also, the uh, hot dogs that you should all check out is Loma Linda. Uh, they're called Linkettes now, or Vegilinks, or Linkettes. And also, they have a thing called Fried Chick, and it's actually really good. Hot dog in a can. Yeah, it sounds gross, but it's great. <laughs>